With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to Around the Coin. Today, I interviewed Benjamin or Ben Jorgensen, who is the co-founder and CEO of Constellation Network, the first scalable, decentralized, base layer zero infrastructure in crypto built for speed, security, and economical and technical stability. We deconstructed what that means, what layer zero is, how he started the network, he also runs Constellation Labs. The protocol itself is currently valued with a market cap of about $240 million as of the time of this recording. Ben lives up in San Francisco. He's from Fort Wayne. And he thinks a lot about the economics and impact that the currency has. We dove deep into the origin of Constellation. We talked about the labs uh, program that he's running and how they fund different companies, how they bring them through and help them grow in the Constellation Network, how important it is to grow an ecosystem and community in crypto and how to do that, and other topics. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Ben. I certainly did. And if you did, please like and share this podcast with other friends of yours. This show today is sponsored by Otter Labs at HireOtter.com. You can check out a great place to find developers for your existing startup. If you're trying to grow the team and augment the team with engineers, check out Otter Labs. They focus on building a community of developers down in South America and in particular Argentina. So a great option if you're in the US, it's the same time zone, much cheaper, very fluent English speaking people down there who are very intelligent and tech savvy. So check out Otter Labs. And I hope you enjoy this conversation with Ben Jorgensen. All right, Ben. So uh, excited to dive in with you, man. Um, hey, Mike. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't we just keep going? So, uh, yeah, so I was talking about. I, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I want to. I want to dive into everything you're working on. Um, but as a bit of background, just because we were talking about it pre-show, we started this this podcast in 2013, and uh, I messaged the two most prolific writers on Quora. They were this guy, Brian Romley and Fessel Khan. They wrote 5,000 plus answers on payments. And I was working on a, a, a payment startup at the time. So podcasts weren't really that cool back then. So I sent him a neat, I sent him a message on Quora and said, Hey, if I do all the legwork, will you, uh, you know, will you join me and talk to me every week? And we did that for f- four years, five years wow. every week. They just, talk to these guys and they're just like a wealth of knowledge and yeah. one of the guys brian uh who who's like a pr- he's pretty big into twitter now he al- also on quora he uh he has this uh, like recurring income stream that he generated through some merchant processing business i don't even know exactly what it is but all he does is, is like research technology all day long and he has been bitcoin mining since 2015 14, 15, like as soon as it came, as soon as you heard Bitcoin, he had rigs and he was mining. And, uh, and so that was, that's how we kind of, that's how I got introduced to crypto. Yeah. It was, it was fun. That's pretty wild. But, that's um, pretty wild. I love those stories. Yeah. Man. You know, it's, um, when people actually get involved in the technology versus like, you know, I'm sure you meet a lot of people where they're like, I bought Bitcoin when it was $20. I'm like, so why are you talking to me? <laughs> you know, it's like, but I yeah, love hearing yeah, people yeah. that are like, no, I, I saw the technology and I, I just started getting involved in the 
the actual mechanisms of it. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had an international team pretty, pretty young, at least people in the Philippines. I remember for whatever reason, I always thought the Philippines were the most, um, the, the country that was the most engaged with the international community, the, the economy, you know, there's just like so many people there who do admin tasks. And we had like five people on the team from the Philippines and they're great. And we used to pay out a Bitcoin Friday trivia. So anytime somebody won a trivia question uh, in the channel, we would just send them a five dollars in Bitcoin. And a couple people, no, I, I think a couple people didn't claim their Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow! That's so, uh, man. I'm sure. I'm sure they're think, sitting back thinking about that a little bit. Yeah. So what was your what was your origin moment when you realized when the uh, gestalt the picture of what you're now creating at Constellation uh, that came into being was it a gradual process of kind of growing yeah. The, the or yeah was it a spark yeah so I worked um, I worked with the group um, there's an organization in San Francisco called uh, Singularity University and Singularity University really educates um, like junior leaders uh, at, at Fortune 500 companies on on emerging new technologies, um, and it's all kind of rooted in Ray Kurzweil, who is this really kind of coined futurist uh, that that saw the convergence of bio and human uh, mechanisms all come together in the future, and has been like really really spot on in this prediction. And so they created this kind of educational outlet. Uh, well, the president of that went on to spin out his own company. Um, um, uh, Salim Ismail is his name. Uh, he's he wrote an amazing book on how to apply that to Fortune 500 companies to adopt or build into innovation. Uh, and so a lot of his mentality was um, that a, a Fortune 500 company, a massive company, has an immune system that attacks innovation because it's so foreign to that. Um, and so how do you adopt new technologies when your DNA is so adverse to anything that might threaten the nucleus of the company? Uh, so I went, I, I served as uh, chief revenue officer for that company and we would go into companies and, and consult with them um, on, on creating a roadmap to understanding new technologies. And one of those new technologies was, was blockchain technology um, but also the power of community uh, and what the power of community can do, um, which is kind of a byproduct of a lot of the technology revolution that we see with like Airbnb and Air, uh, you know, Uber. Um, and so living in San Francisco, you tend to be more of a builder than a consultant. Uh, that's kind of in the, the San Francisco DNA. Um, and of course, like when you start putting that into the universe, uh, you start to meet really interesting people uh, which is where I met uh, one of my co-founders, Wyatt, um, who was a data engineer that uh, somebody booked a meeting with me uh, to, to meet with him. And I had known enough, I knew enough of blockchain to like understand the tenets of it, but not like the details of it. And when I sat down with Wyatt, he was like, well, Ethereum is broken. Bitcoin was good, but like, any meaningful developer to build in blockchain is going to need X, Y, and Z. Uh, it needs to be faster, cheaper, and it needs to be more robust to accommodate existing uh, data structures, which is what a website is, which is what an application is. It's a, it's a bunch of microservices that come together, which are kind of analyzing uh, complex data sets. And so we, he's, I sat down with him and I said, man, you might be the smartest person. I understand a fraction of it, but I think if we got together, we could really change an entire vision on this. And so Wyatt and I worked behind the scenes. He wrote an amazing white paper, uh, built this kind of pitch deck to really explain where our thinking was. Um, and that's, that was really my foray into, into Constellation uh, was just kind of was like I, I was more excited on the buildings uh, spot, so I left the company as chief revenue officer uh, for the consulting firm and leaned into like building this this kind of evolving protocol and ecosystem. 
Damn. Uh, so what did the trajectory? <laughs> no, no, no. I appreciate it. Yeah. What was the was the general trajectory like? Because uh, I, I also started in 2018 with a, a, a oh. crypto trading platform. And that was a pretty rough time to okay. be in crypto yeah. because the prices yeah. were very low and people were quite bullish or bearish. Uh, was it a was it a brutal first couple of years or do you feel like the concept took off fairly quickly? And what did early traction look like? For you guys. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. So the timeline, I was um, in that role in 2016, I was still in the role learning about blockchain. 2017, like I felt like I was an expert at that point. I mean, I, we're consulting companies, but not near to the level I am today. Now it's 2021. Um, but in San Francisco, when you have a trend in San Francisco, and I, I feel like some people are going to listen to this podcast and you know, give you the middle finger, but um, people jump on trends and they're like, all of a sudden overnight, you have a, everybody in San Francisco is an expert on that trend, right? And uh, which is also really frustrating. So it was cool because so many smart people start learning about the technology. But, and then in 2017, Wyatt had proposed this idea and I was like, ah, no, 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 that's, that's not big enough. That's not what you sold me on in this vision. And then he rewrote the white paper in late 2017 um, a few of us put in like seed money into it, but the momentum didn't really pick up. I mean, it's a very complex, dense white paper, uh, especially for then uh, at that time. And I was getting a lot of people in San Francisco to understand it. Uh, and what they under what they could understand was that we knew how to navigate crypto communities. And I started seeing, you know, that there's like a moment when you meet people and they're like, oh shit, they know something that I don't and I need to be close to that. Mm. So I started like getting very close to it, you know, keeping it very close to our heart. And, um, you know, so over the next four months, not much happened. Uh, like some seed money and whatnot. And then right around December in January, started getting all these, these emails from people. Like I had no idea, but people going, hey, I'll give you a hundred thousand dollars. I'll give you fifty thousand dollars. I'll give you two hundred fifty thousand. I'll give you a million dollars. And I was like, "Oh my god!" I mean, our like the investor pipeline we had. I mean, it was several hundreds of millions of dollars. Like I've never seen anything like it in my life. And you know, at that point in your life, you're like, oh my god, like you have to do something about. It. I didn't know who these people were, so I just started answering emails. And there was a different cadence to it. There's a different rhythm. It wasn't like pitching people on Silicon Valley and Sand Hill Road, it was people that knew crypto. It was crypto. It was completely different. Talk about metaverse. Like, it was a completely different universe. And so right at the beginning of 2018, I mean, when you see this type of momentum, you just start, you start doing what you can to, to collect it and build this vision, which changed all of our lives in a matter of, I would say, two months uh, we did our, our entire raise. And then in June of, I think it was May or June of 2018, uh, we distributed our token right, right at the, at the crash of the, the market. Um, so that, I mean, that took a whole like another dynamic, right? I think one of the fascinating things when you have, we had a, a lot of money come in, a lot of people uh, wanting to be a part of this journey as a company, we didn't even know who we were, right? Yeah, we had a white paper, but, but who are we as a company culture? You know, what do we stand for? What's our mission? Like, there was so much expectation on us that um, we had to grow up really, really, really fast. Uh, and I mean, I would say that was like the start of the entire journey. It was like that one year timeline that really has defined uh, who we are today. Yeah. And, and what did you guys end up raising? What did you guys end up raising from private investors first? Yeah, I think it was right around, I think it was right around $30 million. And that happened in a couple mm -hmm. months. Um, and it's just amazing, amazing experience. I've never felt it. I mean, yeah. I feel it a little bit now with some of these incubation projects that we take on and I'll get into that later, but wow. Like it's, yeah. it's intense. 
Well, the, I feel like to your point earlier, because uh, I've been on one of these waves and I've been off one of these waves when yeah. there's a lot of interest in Silicon Valley from investors to invest in a in a industry. If you're at the right point, so you have a team together, you have an early product, you're in market, you've got some traction or something, and this could be very analogous to crypto, then yeah. as soon as that becomes, as soon as it becomes interesting, which is usually catalyst by like, oh, uh, in this case, there's usually a few Trojan horses. There's like Bitcoin's huge, Ethereum's huge. People put the pieces together in their mind to see the pattern. And they're like, oh, there's going to be a bunch of these. Who else is out there? Oh, this dude, Ben, has got this Constellation project. Let's pump money into that. And it's like, it, 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 it kind of, it does take a bit of luck to be in that position where there's enough pattern recognition in the market. Uh, and then you're just like on for the ride. Then you're like, oh, 20 million? Why not 30 million? And you just bump right. it up. It's uh, right. it's a hell of a <laughs> thing. And it's, it also sucks yeah. to not be on one of those. You know, you could have a great product, oh. great, great revenue even and you're like struggling to raise if it's not in the right sector at the right time yeah i I have been on that side um you know i had a i had a startup before and learning how to pitch um go after investors i've also built a restaurant raising money for that like completely different channels of momentum and they all have their own different their own timelines um but yeah it's the funny thing is, like when we launched our token 2018, so you went from San Francisco, everybody being a crypto expert overnight, right? And then 2018, no, everybody denied that they were ever involved in crypto. <laughs> it's like, and we we're kind of, you know, like, and it was really tough to navigate a bear market, build a company, have all these people that, that bought our token and deliver expectations when, you know, 80% of crypto projects were gone and everybody in San Francisco, like, man, I'm sorry, you're in that industry. That's dead. Cannabis is good. Um, oh, how the times change, but, um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah. Funny, Which is kind of hard, like in hindsight, you know, I think what did, are, are we really that much like sheep in that pe- not, not you and I per se, but like people, yeah. Do we make assessments on the potential value of certain projects and industries based on the external price only? You know, it's amazing to me that people were so pessimistic so fast after just being so excited. You know, like, how how do you lose perspective there? You know, I mean, honestly, I would look deep. I think you're talking about like a a question of like um, inner self-awareness and self-discovery that I, I think people... Um, need to kind of look internally, like what navigated you to this business? I didn't see it as, as a trend. I saw it as like a massive movement. Now, like, yeah, of course, all my peers and friends in San Francisco are like bailing out of it. And they're like, oh, we're on to the next thing. Like, that was a cool ride. Uh, and I'm like, no, there's something magical here. Like, and I guess that's who I am. You know, I, I love the magic of the world. I love the magic of a amazing culinary experience, right? It's, um, and I follow my heart on a lot of these things. And to your point, like there's a little bit of luck in that, right? Like, you know, sometimes people follow art and they don't get paid for that. Um, but I think ultimately if you have a mix and you have appreciation for life and, and opportunity, like amazing things can, can gravitate towards you. But I, it did, it blew me away on how people were quick to like dispose of it, not hear from anybody. And then, you know, of course, flash forward to 2020, it's like, hey, we're still here. It's like, I can't tell you how many people have come back into my orbit. Like, oh, yeah, I never gave up on it. I just needed a break. And I was like, what, a one-year break? Uh-huh. <laughs> so funny. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you never know. Like, you, I find it, I, I'm so slow to label things as good or bad because you right. never know. You know, even even when you mention artists, artists aren't paid for the work that they're producing very much true, but then, Oh, NFTs come around and like, you know, there's a $20 million NFT that somebody makes. And and it took yeah. all those years of becoming a really good artist to then stumble into this new business model of NFTs. And they're in the right place at the right time. So many artists don't even make money and aren't famous until they die. And it's like, well, right. how are you going to know then? So, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's a complete luck of the draw. And, um, I, you know, just how do you keep open to new opportunities? And we have a, we have a rule at our company, uh, our like first company motto is, is have a beginner's mindset. 
which is taken from Lao Tzu's uh, The Tao Te Ching, uh, which is basically a book on, uh, on life that was written like before the Bible. And um, it's the concept that you keep, keep humble, you keep open, and you keep discovering uh, and that can open up new things versus being hard and steadfast or rules and boundaries can, can really isolate you from, uh, from new potential. I mean, and that goes with the artists too, right? Think about the artists. Uh, there's a really good book, um, how music works by David Byrne of that talking head. Hmm. Amazing book. You don't have to be a big music fan or talking heads fan, but he starts the book saying, I have slight Asperger's. So please understand that's where some of this writing comes from. And he deconstructs the business of music and how he's tried every business model under the sun in music. And I think that that beginner's mindset really plays into me. And I love that book. You don't have to be in the music business to understand the value of that and like how he would approach and experiment and toss something that didn't work. It didn't work. And then, you know, keep going down something that did work or appreciate what it brought at that point. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I I love that. There's so much, there's so much incredible wisdom that needs to be archived back out. You know, we need like modern day intellectual, uh, archeologists to go and excavate the, uh, the, the great writings of, of old. There's so much, there's so much focus on news nowadays that it's like, news is like sugar. It's like, yeah, it feels good, but it doesn't actually make you any wiser or knowledgeable about the world. So yeah, kudos to you guys for pulling that up. Yeah. 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 So I, when I probe you on this, this particular point, uh, is that you're in a space where, uh, you know, back in 2017, 2018, there's a few big projects out there. Crypto is getting, pretty mainstream, at least on social media. People are well aware of the, the concept of it. Very few, I'd say, understand it technically. It's a pretty small ecosystem even compared to how it is now. Um, when you describe the value proposition, the way, the way I understand it is that as the networks need to get increasingly complex to handle the verification mm-hmm. of the ledger balances, more sophisticated use cases arise. You know, It's not just currency, it's other things. And what do you, how do you see that? How do you see the other things yeah, aside from currency? So a lot of the, and this plays into a lot of the vision that we all had for blockchain, for smart cities, which is that these cities would be transacting data across different devices. A car would enter, uh, an autonomous car would enter into a city and it would read a traffic light. Um, it would, somebody would scan their phone, open a car. Well, all of those systems that are interconnected would require uh, it, them to be autonomous. So basically, you're exchanging data from one system to another. Well, both of those systems have to analyze data. They, have to all, they all have to go, okay, I understand what that is. That person's coming into this car. This car is saying that the person, there's a stoplight. And so all of these systems have to be connected in a network. And they all have to analyze information. So the vision that everybody had for blockchain, because of its decentralized nature, could power a smart city, meaning there were standards and verification, uh, certificates of authority, uh, security that were all being transacted without a central point of vulnerability, meaning that nobody could come in, hack the smart city, and then it's completely down. But a smart city would actually be autonomous and that all these different systems we're exchanging information and data, much like a decentralized network validates um, your data of a cryptocurrency. A digital currency is a piece of data. The same, but it's a very simple data set because there's not a whole lot of complexity around understanding if it's an autonomous vehicle, if it has this sensor, is the sensor reading this correctly. But yet, uh, our vision was that all data could be tokenized. It can be tokenized. Um, as it's transacted, it can be much like a cryptocurrency where the entire network is not just a bunch of individual servers and users that participate in the, like the Bitcoin network. It was actual devices uh, that would do this autonomous, in an autonomous manner. So to, completely expanding the use cases 
where really kind of our, our whole next frontier, fourth industrial revolution of, uh, of how we uh, converge digital infrastructures and ecosystems is, is rapidly approaching. And that's kind of what, what we saw. Um, and cryptocurrency would play an extremely valuable part because you have to exchange some sort of value between each of these systems. I hope they didn't make mm. things more complex. No, 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 no. Uh, I don't think it did. Okay. <laughs> um, so the, so a use case, uh, I love use cases. Yeah. So an example of somebody using the Constellation Network, would it, would it primarily be, because it's layer zero, yeah. Uh, it's it's under the hood for any consumers, or do you view the the, the app developers on uh, Constellation to be your primary? Like, I wouldn't want to use the word customer, yeah. but the people that you're building for are the developers. Yeah. So, uh, what we envision that this layer zero, um, you know, our whole vision is like, how do we take this to every business? Well, if you go build on Ethereum, if the gas fees are variable, so if you want to build like some sort of SaaS based business model and charge cryptocurrency. Every time you do a transaction, you could pay $100 just for that transaction and maybe $20 for the actual service. Like, so it didn't really compute for real world businesses. So when we say layer zero, we're basically saying that there's no cost to use our network. So it's a, it's a free network. We're zero transaction network, which allows any business to kind of rethink their traditional business and put it on our network and actually mint a cryptocurrency. So one of our, our large use cases is that any business can really mint a, a cryptocurrency and create a true token economy. So what we've done is we've shifted the burden of the network not having to prove that it's valuable through gas fees, but the onus is on an individual to define the tokenomics, the sinks and faucets that make an, a, a microeconomy. So all of our customers are businesses that are minting cryptocurrencies on top of Constellation, where they're using the Constellation network to provide for bandwidth reasons, much like you use the internet uh, to host a website. Uh, but now businesses can mint a token for free and not worry about, oh my gosh, is this gonna cost $100 today or $20 today or 10 cents? Ah, that's a good example. So who would be a customer? Is there a couple you can name as just a so one, example? One example, um, uh, well, uh, we have several customers uh, on some of the uh, kind of the data exchanging um, side of things. We work with the Department of Defense. So we uh, secured a our, our second working contract with the U.S. Air Force, uh, where we're focused on um, transacting uh, mission data over secured and unsecured networks. Um, on the crypto related side, we wanted to make a really big storm. And so the first company that we envisioned was somebody that could really disrupt an industry. Well, adver digital advertising, I think, is the bane of everybody's existence and is extremely annoying um, and really cuts out the consumer that receives the, the advertisement. Uh, so we met a, a, a company that was looking to completely disrupt uh, the advertising industry and build a digital ad exchange, a real-time bidding ad exchange on Constellation. Well, in order to do that, you have to have a network that's as fast as centralized real-time bidding, which is like thousands of a second. Um, you also had to have free transactions for them to even compete with traditional advertising, right? Because they have to go to advertisers and get them to switch over uh, to their real-time bidding. But if it's too expensive, why would any advertiser use that? Like, it's not worth it, especially when you're sh showing, you know, thousands of, uh, thousands of impressions, uh, you know, every, like, sub-second, right? Um, so one use case is taking the entire ad industry and putting it on a decentralized network, Constellation. Uh, we're also working with a company called GeoJam uh, that's redefining uh, the creator economy. Um, so the creator economy has really kind of been a big buzzword in venture capital lately as all these influencers on YouTube, on Instagram, um, you know, even Spotify, are creating all this content, but they're beholden to these giant platforms for monetization. Uh, so working with GeoGen, they're rethinking how do you use um, elements or features uh, of decentralized finance and bringing them into the creator economy to let creators monetize their user, user base in different ways. Uh, we're also working with 
um, uh, several companies we haven't even announced yet, but looking into like healthcare data, allowing people to own their own uh, genetic sequencing and information, and they decide who they sell their their information to. Uh, so we're coming up with all these different use cases. Uh, aside from decentralized finance, which we have our own platform called Lattice Exchange as well, uh, that really kind of make up this whole ecosystem of possibilities and disruptive companies into different industries. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, so many people talk about, uh, say, decentralizing medical records, but I think most people, most people in medicine or in healthcare, they get stuck there. That's it. It's like, okay, that sounds great. So what do I do about it? Buy some Bitcoin? (laughs) And there's a a, a lack of, you know, there's not infrastructure there. Yeah, it sounds great. But, you know, my my wife's a doctor and she she loves this idea of removing the data intrinsically from Epic and Cerner, the the couple of large healthcare medical record companies, and then allow people to have access to it. And it's definitely something that you could pass as a regulation, you know, that everyone have access to, you know, an integration with a a external data source. So that seems pretty inevitable. I mean, whether it operates, it kind of has to be a blockchain, right? Because otherwise nobody's going to trust any centralized company to manage that. So one of the interesting things you're bringing up is stuff that happened, I'd say a year or two years ago, they, they were starting to create applications where they secured a wallet that held your healthcare data. Right, they they could sec- cryptographically secure the account that held your data, but what happens as it goes from A to B? You leave this giant air gap for potential to spoof or hack that information, right? And so then, are the two? If you're exchanging the data, is the tokenized data actually what I bought and received? There's no way to really tell unless you kind of go through a manual system to check. So I think the reason we haven't seen the evolution uh, of healthcare data is because that wasn't really interesting. Cool, it's great to say you're using blockchain, but where Constellation envisioned was we're going to cryptographically secure that entire data set. So we'll know if it, it changes as it goes from A to B to C. That, that's kind of the yeah. different aha moment. Yeah, God. That sounds so difficult technically. Um, you know, I'm I'm not deep on this stuff technically, but do you have a uh, an appreciation for how? I mean, can you comment on how few people are at this level? I mean, I'm sure there's other uh, protocols and organizations that have a very similar focus, but yeah. how many are out there? I mean, how many can realistically? do this kind of thing? So right now, most companies are doing this off-chain, which still doesn't really solve the whole whole problem. It still is a nice-to-have if it's off-chain because now why do people switch over from centralized to decentralized? Is it purely because of your political beliefs of decentralization? Um, I would say, and what I've also seen is there are a lot of companies that came out and said that they're creating an architecture that mere centralized big data processing and ultimately it was too hard so they forked ethereum and well they kept the original like mission but they still just are a fork of ethereum um and yes they're doing some different things that are kind of better uh but it's still not that massive shift and so i mean look we've been doing this i'd say development's really been underway for the past three years and what we focused on over the past three years was different than the way I would say, I would, I would say there's probably five companies doing what we're doing, uh, realistically. Mm-hmm. And of those five companies, I, I know three of them. And they're amazing. And they took a different yeah. approach to building things. We took an approach to building a scalable network. That's the hard part. How do you, how do you get everybody in the network to create value? How do you value this network? You have to create community s- sentiment. You have to create some sort of speculation that people buy into the vision because that will give value to the network. Uh, But then on the technical side, you have to create multiple consensus layers so as to invite the the ability to pre-process and process data at lightning speed rates. Mike, are you there? Mm. Uh, Yes, yes. Um, I am blown away by that. Uh, So tell me structurally, you have a, you create a token 
and you have a company, is the Lattice Exchange the company that you used to raise money? Or how do things kind of uh, structurally work between yeah. uh, the Constellation network, the building on the network, the token, the money you raise, and then Lattice Exchange? Are those is the company the Lattice Exchange and token uh, Constellation is the network? Yeah, yeah. So really quick, Mike, I can't see your camera. I don't know if that's. Oh, let's roll through it. I think okay. it looks fine on my side. It might pop back up. Yeah. yeah. No worries. Um, yeah. So you know, uh, so Constellation Network is the core protocol, much like Ethereum is the, pro- the core protocol. Um, and our currency is DAG, D-A-G. Uh, you can get it on several exchanges like KuCoin. Um, Lattice Exchange is our decentralized finance platform. So we really saw this as kind of the interchange uh, between other blockchain ecosystems and Constellation. Uh, Uniswap, for example, is, is all based on Ethereum. Right, Lattice Exchange is, is based on DAG with the vision uh, next year to invite cross-chain swap so people can freely trade between different blockchain ecosystems, whether it's Cardano or ETH or Bitcoin. Um, they can do all of that uh, within the Lattice Exchange for zero, basically zero transaction fees. Um, so we made Lattice Exchange as a way for crypto enthusiasts uh, to kind of navigate some of the projects that we uh, accelerate. So we have an accelerator program. We just did an accelerator program with 35 companies. Uh, we incubate companies, kind of a concierge service. And then once those companies are mature, they've done their own fundraising, they've started to build their community, uh, then we list them on the Lattice Launchpad. So Lattice Launchpad is a way that we can invite our community to back certain projects that come into our ecosystem. Uh, so once the companies kind of raise money or sell tokens in that capacity, uh, then companies uh, that that are in our ecosystem or in other ecosystems can run marketing campaigns like staking campaigns that we launched uh, last week. Um, so there's easy ways for for people to like start to learn about new projects that we've vetted that have gone through accelerator program, mentorship, guidance. Um, to already raising funds that are still on the early side to we're on the later side and we want to do a a marketing campaign, which we call staking, which is really what that really means is that people that own uh, that token can actually lock up that token and earn uh, extra rewards or extra tokens on top of that. Um, So we're really playing into different different angles on, on decentralized finance. Um, one of the interesting things with con- yeah, does that, I don't know if that, that breaks it down. I don't want to yeah, yeah. Well, I, 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 yeah, I want to ask you a little bit more about that. So you, this, this labs concept or the yeah. accelerator, uh, is, is the reason to start this that you're saying, Hey, we have this layer zero protocol. We've raised this money. Our goal is to get people to build on top of it. And so why not make it easier for them to do that by creating the accelerator? That's kind of the general rubric for, yeah, what or the impetus for creating it? Yeah, so, so you saw a lot of these these ecosystems, and I I know a lot of the people in them. Um, you know, Polkadot, Ethereum, these massive ecosystems. They're really tough to navigate. And having launched like several tokens myself, having uh, backed several token projects, I saw a lot of the gaps and holes that existed. And there's so many challenges to creating a cryptocurrency. We had this whole vision that it's not just about raising money, it's about creating kind of this giant token economy, or we call the token life cycle. And that extends way beyond just raising money, but you can actually turn that token, if you have a liquid market, into cash flow into your company and organization and economy. Um, So when we started, when we got to our point last year that we thought we were at a good, we had launched our network, we said, okay, we need to start inviting quality projects to build on top of us. But of those companies, we wanted to make sure they understood the risks and rewards in building cryptocurrencies. Having gone through the stresses of building multiple companies, like I wish that on no, <laughs> I wish that on nobody. Um, and so we started looking, you know, with our whole mission, our whole mission is to take, you know, the $88 trillion a year GNP and tokenize 10% of that. Like that, you know, that's our vision right there. Like, and I think we can do that. Um, I think that's where the space is headed, but you need a faster, cheaper protocol that works with existing businesses. 
Um, so the accelerator program, when I started talking with companies, I, I saw a lot of people that were really great entrepreneurs. They were awesome. Um, they're probably better than me. They will be better than me. And what, what I was excited about was that they had such an appetite that they had no idea how to navigate these, the, the crypto communities. Ah, maybe they're in our Telegram community, which is awesome and fun. But when you start actually building and you have to build your own community from scratch and then create a healthy token, it's a challenge. And so I read some of these white papers and I, I thought they were crap. And a bunch of us are like, all right, let's, let's put companies through an accelerated program and just share our wisdom. Kind of the, the mentality of open source mentality is like share all the learnings that we've done so that people don't have the stress and pain and they can iterate faster than we ever did and build a really good project uh, on top of us. And of course, yeah, use Constellation because logically it makes sense for your business. But, and so what we found, we, I mean, we had like 225 companies apply to our accelerator program with zero marketing. Uh, we had to create a scoring system. We wow. invited our community uh, to, to a few people from our community to help score different projects. Uh, we then went out to the companies, we gave them an offer, and we just started, we created like a whole education, like a 16 week program um, that we would run companies through. And then at the end of the program, we would, uh, you know, we, we kind of go through and pick companies that we think are going to blossom and, and would be warmly received in the crypto community to take into our own incubation where you actually get my time and attention uh, along with my co-founders, I'm really kind of giving you the connections, the network, that that kind of like muscle memory from creating a cryptocurrency. So once again, I mean, are you also uh, yeah? Are you also investing in these companies? Are you giving them working capital? Yes. Yeah, but I I say that I'm buying buying tokens, not investing. Um, uh, well, okay. Yeah. 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 Buying their tokens. Yeah. Right. Some of them, and I then do. and then yeah. then they. For sure. But that also comes down to yeah. like, what kind of entrepreneur are they? Where are they in their, their development? Like, you know, do they have the same values? Like there's a lot that goes into that, but yeah, you know, one of the things, and that's like one of the things I found really difficult around uh, a lot of these other ecosystems was it was really tough to navigate. Um, how do you raise money? How do you build blockchain technology? How do you audit a smart contract? How do you mint a token? How do you get it listed? How do you list it on a decentralized exchange? How do you build a community? So yeah, we, we get involved in that. You know, I don't like to like always promote that, that we, we back a lot of these projects, but uh, we definitely do because we see, we see every angle of, of what's going on, which is like, which is a huge benefit to us. And, and those companies I'm sure are publicly listed. Would that be found on the Lattice exchange or where would be, yeah, check out some of these companies. Um, so the so the launchpad, you know, the, when we do a launchpad project, uh, we do a pretty a fair amount of promotion around that, where we kind of educate the community, uh, and then we invite people to to participate in backing of that project. Um, if you go into our Telegram, you can find out about all the different companies we're incubating. You can find out about the companies that we've accelerated. Uh, you know, Alchemy Exchange is one company that's gone through the whole process. Um, and then we have another company we, we took on for incubation, which is called GeoJam. But if you come to our community, they'll tell you everything that's going on. There's a lot of budding companies as well that went through the accelerator program that are, that are just going out on their own and building their own thing. And, and I'm pretty excited to see that happen where they feel like they have the confidence to navigate the crypto space, which... I think can only help every every stakeholder involved in a project. Totally, yeah, I agree. And any any couple of favorite examples of unique uh, business models that people have deployed or built? Um, I can't say a whole lot because it'll give a tip to where we're going with all of this. But um, there's some uh, there's some really so I think the use of NFTs in gaming is going to be big. Uh, Alchemy Exchange released a, uh, an NFT that you receive an NFT for staking your ads tokens. It's called ads. Um, and you can get this, um, you, you can participate. So you get the NFT and then you can use the NFT in a game that they created from scratch, which I think is amazing. They're making advertising fun again. 
Um, you can go to Lattice. Again. Yeah, right. <laughs> what am I talking about? Making <laughs> advertising fun, period. Period T. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I would say, you know, if you want to get involved in our ecosystem, you, you go into Constellations Telegram, you go to Lattice Exchange Telegram. Um, LTX is our ticker for Lattice Exchange. Uh, DAG is our ticker for, for Constellation. Like, it, that will get you started. And our admins that run the channels are all self-organized. Uh, they all volunteer their time. They're amazing wealths of knowledge that will tell you anything you need to know. Um, we're really building out our presence in, in Spain and across Latin America. I think that's an avenue that not many people are looking at. And I think decentralized finance has a huge, huge path ahead of itself. Um, mixing that with NFTs, it's going to be kind of the home run. I don't think NFTs are by themselves are the home run. I, I know people are probably cringing at that. But I think there's a bigger play at store, and it's kind of where Constellation and the Lattice Exchange are heading in the next two years. Yeah, yeah, it does seem like there there's certainly multiple uh, tributaries, right. you know, multiple directions that uh, the technology goes because it's like we're not just solving one problem. We're not just doing stopping at you know replacing gold. Uh, it, it it there's it, NFTs are. I, I think of them as like one major c current, you know, it's like a one major vein of the river of, of change and improvement, but currency is another one, uh, how businesses interact with each other, store information, medical records, like the, even just the medical record or the credit report concept alone, like that's, that's the ripple effects of that. If everyone's credit score were digitized and blockchainified and, you know, enhancing the sophistication of it all that would in, that would change everything I and mean, just that alone feels like an industry and then you have uh you know you just layer on the limit of your imagination effectively uh but it's hard to see how it doesn't affect everything in a in a meaningful way given enough time yeah you know um it, it's pretty fascinating we we have a we bought a company this year uh which was a traditional hardware oh. company yeah so you know our whole vision around the gmp uh, merging that with cryptocurrency is going to come to life. Uh, the company is called Door Technologies. It was backed by uh, tier one venture capitalists. They have real world revenue. Uh, they measure foot traffic. Uh, you put a little hardware device that they invented from scratch right above your door, and it measures foot traffic to give you insight um, about your operation. Um, so where we're heading with that, we're, we'll be kind of incubating um, a project that we haven't really released yet, but uh, we'll be incubating a project around that hardware and the data. Um, so you're going to see kind of a, a, something new come to life in our network, which I don't know if I've talked about it. <laughs> I was on vacation last week, so I always have to remember if I, if I, if I actually released this, but um, something internal that's going to be released early next year uh, that will that will like allow crypto enthusiasts to actually buy this device and participate in our network. Um, so I'm really excited to, to unleash that in the early next year. I think that's probably me leaking some, some information, but um, so we're trying yeah. to make crypto more, more accessible to everybody. And I think this is going to be one of the big things that, that we do there as well. Yeah. Yeah. And how, how do you split this up? I mean, you having two tokens, two companies, dozens of people in this accelerator program, are you uh, yeah. running an organization now where you, uh, you know, throttle your attention and, and distribute it across many different projects at this point? Or do you, you really try to focus on building the product or building the community or, you know, what's, yeah. how do you think of top of mind priorities? How do you even split up your day? God. Yeah, <laughs> I was on a, so we, uh, the, the door technologies company, uh, is in a process of kind of converging in the constellation. So they have their traditional revenue that they're seeing. Um, and we're in the process of kind of merging the two companies. Like I said, we're going to be launching a project with them early next year that will be a crypto-oriented hardware um, uh, initiative that's going to be, I, I'm so excited about. And, um, and so they have their own separate meeting right now. But I, I'd say there's a lot of operational side. And I work with some smart people. Our team is so smart. They're, uh, they're very innovative. They're very aggressive. Uh, I think one person at our company does the job of like five people. 
which is like, I'm so thankful for. Uh, But right now, uh, we've actually made it all work. I don't know. I don't know how to tell you, Mike. I think it's a lot of meditation. I'm up really early every day. um, And I have great people that are excited about everything that they do. Our team is fantastic. And when we incubate companies, um, you know, we have to take a very close look. Like, this is our life, right? Like, so much of our life is dedicated to this ecosystem that if we invite a company that we're going to incubate, we have to know that they're going to be have humility. They're going to listen or else it becomes a waste of all of our time. And then we have friction. Um, we've turned down companies because we could just tell it's not going to work out. And, you know, one of the things that I, I think that we, that we do really well, just some companies we're always thinking creatively and you can't fail. Like we don't, we don't really have that, that mentality. We just have that, that kind of learning, um, that learning process. So everybody feels like they can openly express themselves and push back and set boundaries, uh, which is very different company yeah. culture than I personally worked with in the past where you would never be able to tell your boss, like, no, I'm not going to do that. Or I'm not good at that. Uh, and still have a job. Right. So yeah. Look, man. One day, I'll I'll probably tell my kids on how how I navigate my day, but uh, you know, it's uh, it's a yeah, it's a lot. No, no, I I, I ask because I haven't figured it out either. Uh, I, yeah, I, I'm curious if you uh, if you see the the future of the company being dissolved. Um, one thing I've noticed is that um, when people start, I, I talk to a couple other people with in similar you know, business models where they're creating the token, spinning out the token. And then you have this company that builds, it'll raise money from traditional venture and then it'll build the basic underlying, not basic, but the underlying technology that the protocol runs on. And then as the protocol gets larger, there's a community of people who are incentivized to contribute both technically and also just socially, you know, talking about it and inviting people. And then the company no longer is relevant. You know, it's, it's, 10, 20 people and 10 people and five people. And eventually the community just overruns it. Is that a logical trajectory for you guys? Or do you see the company as being something that owes a return to investors or plays a big part in the future? So we've never taken on traditional uh, venture capital, um, which is... Oh, okay. Sorry. Which yeah, is I actually... No, which has allowed us to uh, kind of express different business models. Um and, you know, it's like one of those things I would love to give a talk on, on, you know, the shackles that so many businesses and entrepreneurs have um, when you have this traditional capital that's imposing their domesticated mindset of, of business, right? Not necessarily saying that's bad, but it's a path. And yes, it's worked out more times than a truly decentralized one. Uh, when it comes to constellation, I think there's always going to be a role that, the core company um, sets an intention, sets a mission, sets a task. I don't know if it will be the biggest part of it, but we will be a contributor in our in our overall ecosystem. Like I said, I don't know if it's going to be the biggest, but it sets kind of the tone, it sets the precedent. precedent. And I'm hoping that people in our community do bigger and better things. Um, and kind of use our framework of entrepreneurship in the crypto sense, like the accelerator really program is really kind of a framework of entrepreneurship for, for crypto. Um, Use that framework to create something that's massive, massively successful and changes the whole world. I mean, like that would be the coolest thing to see that you, uh, that, you know, that we, that really um, spark that, that level of creativity and innovation. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of think of it like, um, by analogy, like a beehive yeah. where the, the, the tokens are the bees. So the tokens are printed by the queen bee, which yeah. is the, the thing that has to exist before the hive exists. Yeah. That's the company. And that's, that's what makes it not ever completely decentralized. Like, I, I wonder if the whole completely hundred percent DAO decentralized works without some kind of centralized Piece like I almost think there's a, 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 a an arrangement of organisms and organization that 
it requires kind of this balancing act. If it's too centralized or too decentralized, then there's traps. Like we figured out societally in the 20th century what the problems are with going too centralized. I think that was, you know, largely like World War II and all the tragedies of, of that. And I think the, 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 we don't really know, we can't articulate that well what the problems of going ultra decentralized are. And the U.S., even in, in America, we have a de- we have a democracy. Right. We try to decentralize things, like but you that. can only do that so much because you have you know people who have a- power above all else. But if everyone in in society had equal voting rights, right. it would be crazy. I mean, like if everyone were truly equal in terms of their their potential output, their their voting power, their contribution. Uh, you know, if everyone just clicked the vote and that was it, they, you know, you vote on every issue. It would be crazy. And I think it was also crazy for individual organizations, but I'm sure some will try and show us what happens. Um, but yeah, that was my. Yeah, no, I, I, I see what you're saying. Um, you're kind of saying, like not equal, but so much as like every task is voted on. I think there's a lot of inefficiencies in decentralization. There's a lot of inefficiencies in centralization and the hybrid model actually really works. Or if you can take, the centralized mothership and educate the like the decentralized aspect you can and create like a harmony um becomes yeah. like hey you're almost like teaching the two and that's how i see it like a feedback loop right if there's not that feedback loop then and you purely start out of decentralization communication gets lost development slows down um you know navigating that whole system becomes so frustrating that it's like, what do you do? But if you have yeah. like a feedback. Yeah, it's, 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 it's like vulnerable. I almost think it's like um, you could picture your immune system or even a, a simpler one would be like a telegram chat. If there's no mods in a chat and everyone can, exp- everyone has equal power, it's right. chaos because it only right. takes one person to like fuck up the whole flow <laughs> and just post some dumb stuff over and over and over. Yeah. You, and like your, your body's a similar way where like you can have so many different kinds of bacteria doing their thing, but as soon as you detect a, a problem, an intruder, then your immune system kicks in and that's the centralization. It's like, right. okay, we got to centralize and go and, and attack. Yeah. And there's power in that. You know, there's like the, the power of the centralization is, um, yeah, it's, we're like, we're like discovering, I almost think human beings are discovering what we're, we're building something bigger than ourselves in these, these organizations and the way that we organize it. And the technology we're building is the, is like the scaffolding to the actual yes. thing itself. Oh, I love that. It, it does feel some way. It's like, we didn't just stumble on this. You know, yeah. it, it's like, this is the path of technology. It couldn't, it couldn't keep, it develop, you know, software had to have eventually stumbled across this concept sure. of uh, blockchain. Yeah. We label it as blockchain, but yeah. really it's, it's decentralized computing. Totally. It is. It's decentralized computing. Yeah. And there's so many fascinating things. Um, I think one of, you know, for me, I take, I take our community very seriously. And so if you ever go into telegram, I, I jump into telegram, uh, at least once a week and just talk to the community. And we have brought so many people into our community or into our core company. We've really opened up, opened the kimono up for people to participate in our executive calls that are in the community. Um, and I also spend time with our admins. I spend time with people because I want to hear that feedback. What are we not doing a good job at? You know, th- this isn't, you know, a lot of people treat crypto communities as a distribution, marketing distribution channel. And I'm like, oh, these are real people that are really interested about the technology and they're interested in making money and hoping that it does something and they make the right call and find the future of something. Like, and so with that, you, you have people that are emotionally bound to this and have and are really smart. If you've done the research to find out who we are, like, kudos to you. I am going to spend time with you, get to know you, because I don't know if I would have been able to find Constellation or Lattice if I wasn't that company, right? Like, I don't know if I would have been that person. So when I see people, like, spend time with them. Who are they? What's their perspective on life? What's their perspective on business? Like, where do you think this can go? Yeah. 
And wow, like that's the pulse and, and life force uh, uh, of crypto. That's the decentralized company that we have. Like, you know, yeah. we're all in this weird freaking journey together. You know, we all have maybe what 40, 50 years left to live. And uh, this is going to be one of the most memorable moments of your life. So connect with people, offer perspective, like humanize the technology. And I think to your point, it's not just the technology. It, it, it is the decentralization and it's the, autonom the autonomous nature that we all have uh, in being able to discover and learn on our own without it being forced fed to us. So I think it's a very powerful yeah. human and social uh, movement that's going on. Last question for you I want yeah. to ask, Ben. Uh, you, you mentioned earlier uh, meditation yeah. right, when we were talking about productivity stuff. Do you feel like meditation, what's, what's your case? Say for people who have meditated occasionally or they're familiar with it, uh, from, a, from a practical productivity standpoint, do you feel you're more productive throughout the day having meditated in the morning or what's your meditation practice like? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't like to get to, so I know there's other podcasters and I'll not say their name, but get very big into the power of routine inconsistency but even that to me feels forced and so i try to take it as like a fluid movement if i need meditation i need to quiet my mind quiet my anxiety think clear i can take that time but i think meditation comes in different forms right you can sit quietly you can do uh breath work you can actually read a book for me sometimes that meditation is just reading a book and not having some some outlet or media or noise impact me. Um, um, or it, it might be just a, a casual routine. And I can't tell you how much more productive that has made me, as well as a happier person. Because I think at the end of the day, we're all looking to be happy if I'm if I'm right, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it is it's a powerful role that like you like how do you fuel your body with uh with nutrients and that comes in like physical exercise it comes in you know the vegetables and foods we eat that impacts our gut health which impacts our neurochemical cocktail in our head all of these things kind of play into it and i read this book called uh flow by chichetsnia um it was written in like the 90s and it's all about flow states and how do you get to those flow states which is like you see these athletes that just push through like world records um and and then all of a sudden 10 others do it right well how do you get to those flow states and they largely ignore businesses getting into a flow state um, but i think that you can absolutely achieve a flow state in business it's just a little more complex because it's not just about physical endurance it's a mix of physical endurance uh chemical you know your chemical endurance and some sort of spiritual uh, endurance as well. And I think that meditation and routine can really navigate that if business is one of your big out outcomes. But also I think for athletes, um, they're tapping into a lot of this as well. So a really long winded yeah. answer. Yeah. No, no, no. It's a great book. It's a great yeah. concept really that he he stumbled across. I, I think of it, I've thought about it a lot. I think flow uh I've heard different people describe it differently, but I, I feel it's like you're, you're operating, you're performing, you're doing or being at your, at your full potential of this thing, whether you're dancing or rapping or talking or reading, whatever it is, but you're, you're like, you're it, you know, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're not, you are not a individual human being doing a thing. It's like the sport or the activity is happening and you're just playing it yes it's uh it is i think spiritual is not a not an incorrect word to use yeah. if you if you think of it conceptually right because right. it's um you know i think co coders get into this so yes. like developed software engineers get into this flow because you're you're not feel you know if you picture like proprioceptual you know i'm feeling my i feel my arms my legs uh this is an awareness of being here but when yeah. you're totally in the abstraction of software development you're not thinking about that you know right. you're not you're you're just like totally in the concepts themselves. And that's, that's wild. I mean, that's, uh, that's a whole, that's, I think that's a uniquely human uh, space that we can be in. Oh and, yeah, um, totally. You, you have to say that. And we, yeah. we don't have words to articulate this, right? I mean, that's why so many people do psychedelics is to see if they can tap into different 
neuro connections, um, neuron connections. Uh, and so like, you know, I think you can achieve that. You take that into what you said is like, you don't, you're just playing, right? Like Mozart didn't just like, he, he didn't just like hit the piano. He could play, you know, there, there's a, there's a line in a movie, um, Goodwill hunting. It was actually when he was like, you know, uh, you know, because he's punch like, the keys, Will Robinson. Yeah, <laughs> the one? no, uh, Goodwill. No, Goodwill. Oh no, 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 uh, no. That's not, that was um, not Damon. That was Robin Williams. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All of it, he's like, you, uh, know, you can just play, play math like Mozart played the piano. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh no, no. The one that you said that uh, I was reminded of was. Uh, um, Oh man, Sean Connery was in it. And it was this uh, guy, he's like inner city basketball player and he's struggling to write and get into school. Oh, okay. oh such a good movie. And then he's teaching him how to, this is uh, Finding Forrester. Yes. That's the name of the movie. And he's like teaching him how to write. And Sean Connery is like the secluded writer, famous author. Mm-hmm. And no one knows where he lives. And this guy, you know, they meet each other and he's teaching him how to write. And he's like, just, just punch the keys. Like, don't think about what you're doing. Just do yeah. it. Yeah. You know, don't overanalyze it. And it was analogy. like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. My man, let's yeah. let you get out of here. What, yeah, what's yeah. the best way people can reach you? Are you uh, active on Twitter or what's your I'm social media Twitter. choice? Uh, I'm active on Instagram, trying to build the Instagram thing, uh, which, you know, I don't know. But uh, I'm also active in Telegram. I'm in our Lattice uh, Exchange Telegram. I'm in our uh, Constellation Telegram. Um, always approachable there. Uh, on Twitter, I'm there. Uh, so yeah, please like, uh, check out what we're doing and Mike, you've been yeah, amazing man. to we'll, talk to you, man. You're we'll, easy to talk to. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it, Ben. We'll have all yeah. the links in the show notes and, uh, wish you the best of luck with everything. Congrats on everything, man. Yeah. Thank you. You as well. And, uh, congrats on everything. Thank you for listening to Around the Coin. If you enjoyed the show today, consider giving us a quick review wherever you listen to podcasts tweet about it or text it to a friend. We really appreciate all the support and growing that we can. If you have any guests you'd like us to bring on or feedback for us, don't hesitate to reach out. We would love to hear from you. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I'm Richard Serrett. Join me on Strange Planet for in-depth conversations with the world's top paranormal investigators, alien abductees, Bigfoot trackers, monster hunters, time travelers, and more. The handler one day told her this whole thing about how they've been terraforming on Mars, and they're building a colony, and they're recruiting specific people of specific bloodlines and specific talents and skill sets to go onto the planet. On Richard Serrett's Strange Planet, we're redefining reality. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.